Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Being a new leader, I'm excited to welcome Dr. Mark Wilson back to our podcast audience. Mark has joined us previously and is returning to share some insights from his newest book, What They Didn't Teach You in Fancy Leadership School. (laughs) Love love the title, Mark. Mark was named the National Principal of the Year when he was the principal at Morgan County High School in Georgia. And today he provides ongoing training, support, and coaching to school leaders. He offers great podcasts and a great newsletter at principles-matter.com. Welcome, Mark, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Steve. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And I have uh, said this before on your podcast, but I have learned so much from you and and uh, continue to, to to pick up things of, of teaching adults that you've learned. And uh, you have helped me in my work more than you, you even know. So i greatly i'm I'm honored to be on your show well i really appreciate that i loved exploring the many topics uh insights and strategies that you addressed in the book and i've highlighted some that i thought would apply to teacher leaders and instructional coaches as well as to principals uh and I, i'm hoping you can uh, you can expand on on, on that for us uh, seeing the audience for that that broader leadership audience so for starters, what what are your thoughts on what leaders should do when they're new to a position, whether they're new to the role uh, that they're in or whether they're new to the school, but they've been in the role before? So thank you for that question, because that is what I work with leaders uh, most frequently on is assimilating into a new school or a new position. And um, just conversations I've had this week, Steve, with new assistant principals. I had 24 of them yesterday in a group. And one of the most important things for them to learn is that their influence is greater than their authority, that uh, people have to give you permission to lead them. And just because the the Board of Education has hired you for that position, it doesn't mean that anybody's going to listen to you. Um, and <laughs> You have to earn that. And when you think about who you listen to, it's like, honestly, like the I listen to Steve Barkley because I trust him and I trust him because he's been doing this long enough to, to know things. Um, a lot of times it's hard for new leaders who get in a position because they haven't been doing it for very long. People are naturally skeptical and they're not sure if you know what you're doing. And Often we try things that really don't work very well. We we try to front and act like we know everything. I think one of the most important things in any new position is following this pathway of connections that lead to relationships that over time produce trust that give you that little window where you can influence the way someone does their work, the what they do and how they do it. And then that leads to performance. 
the thing I see all the time, Steve, and I know you do too, is people want to jump all those steps and just go straight to performance and start tinkering on pieces. But the, the, all of these things are also true of a, of a teacher with a new group of students before they are going to do the things that you would like for them to do consistently. They have to decide that you're a trustworthy person, that you're a reliable source and spending time doing that. It, it isn't fluff. It's the job. And a lot of people, they just, that, that notion evades them and they get further behind in their pursuit of performance. It's so interesting. I, I just recorded a podcast today for teachers on the issue that connectedness and making that connection is everything that that first month of school ought to be about big time. Yes. And then you, you, you can't stop it, <laughs> but, but you, you got to get that big start right at the beginning. So I, I'm hearing the I'm hearing the same thing. Well, and with teachers and administrators, the the same notion is true that connections matter, and they begin with a name. I um always really insist on our our leaders to focus on names that that is the that is the first step in the pathway to success and student performance is knowing names and knowing things about them. Like you said, Steve, the connectedness and so I've got a principal that I'm working with in a coaching role, and every morning I text her right now. Um, she's she's wonderful, and the tier ratings for students or administrators or teachers, they're not a rating, they're what level of support do they need. So she is a tier three person on my list right now, and she needs a lot of support. So every morning I text her and remind her, 10 connections by 10 a.m., Hmm. Um, and it is a challenge for her and I'm offering accountability by every morning. She knows I'm going to get, she's going to get that text <laughs> and it's going to be, Hey, I hope you have a lo lovely day. 10 by 10 and about nine fifty nine, she texts back Steve and says, done. <laughs> There's one other word, uh, that, that I'm sensing, uh, is critical for, for new people. Um, and I, I, I think I, I, I heard it as a component of what you said, but the word that was coming to my mind was, was humble. Mm, uh, absolutely. That, that's part of the vulnerability, isn't it? It is. And it, sometimes I think people misconstrue humility as a leader or as a teacher that, um, it's not only being willing to be last in line, that's part of it. And it's not only being um, willing to serve and to do things, but even more so, I think when we're working in education, humility is about not always insisting that you're right, not always being the one talking, but providing a space for people to learn. And I guess the biggest part of humility in that sense is this isn't about me, this is about you. And that simple truth if you can get there, you're going to do well at this work. If you can't get there, you're not. Yep. Yep. Uh, jump to another uh, topic. You, you wrote about the importance of uh, team building, and you mentioned how time is important, how shared purpose is important. And then you, you, you mentioned something that was new to me, which was the uh, in-between time. 
Uh, I'm wondering if you'd uh, expand a little bit on, on the issues then related to, to uh, team building. So for the teachers that listen to your podcast, Steve, and for leaders as well, you always are outnumbered. There, there are more of them than there are you. <laughs> and so you have to be clever enough to leverage the good that you have. And one thing that we know about behavior is environment influences behavior greatly. And if you can build a classroom environment or as a leader, a school-wide environment that promotes the behaviors that you're seeking, um, hard work, curiosity, creativity, whatever they may be, when you build that among the people who are there, um, now you have partners in this mission. And so I, I think that as we begin school, it's so critical Let's build a team, and then that's going to have such a, it's a boost. It's a power boost for, for the behaviors that you want. The in-between time comes from, uh, I had a student in one of my um, leadership classes a few years ago, and he had played um, college basketball in the U.S., and he had played in Europe and uh, professionally. And so I, I, I posed the question to the whole group, but I, but I went directly to him and said, when did you become a team? And he, and he smiled because he, he, he knew the assignment, right? He, he, he immediately <laughs> is like, Oh, I, I got this. He said, we did not become a team during the game. We didn't even become a team in practice. We became a team on the bus rides and in hotel lobbies. We became a team in the in-between time. And, and I offer that to teachers and to leaders that, when people reach that point of trust and when they become comfortable and they are willing to both trust you and listen to what you you say which is influence that requires more than just a surface familiarity it requires as as my students said that in between time and and i've found don't you love it steve when you meet people and they're like they, they get this big grin on their face. They're like, oh, I know this person because we went through so-and-so training together and we met every weekend for six months. And like, <laughs> it, and, and, and you know, what th that phenomena, it, it doesn't even, you and I both are dedicated to providing really good professional learning, but I don't even know that it has to be really good professional learning <laughs> if you can get people together give them that in, if if it's in, in, embedded and it's in, in immersed where you get people together um they eat meals together they they talk in this um this in between time now how do we translate that over to school there's a school in Georgia an elementary school and they don't make a big deal about this because someone would not like it but the first two weeks of school school wide is like summer camp they are building an interest in school. They're focused on joy. They are focused on building little small teams and building community in their classrooms. And look, their behavioral statistics support this. Is We all respond to the environment that we're in. And if you treat everybody like they're bad, they'll probably act bad. But if you treat people like they're high-paying customers at your summer camp, then they're going to act good. Yep. Yep. It's very interesting. Uh, years, years ago, my, uh, 
my niece went to a, a newly opened uh, uh, middle school and uh, they showed up the first day packed for uh, a three day uh, uh, camping trip. And I love it. That, <laughs> that was the first three days the kids and the teacher spent together. And then they came back to the school. And, uh, you know, all that went through my mind is that's how most people would end the year. <laughs> celebrating that's that we so got right. through it huh? instead yeah. of let's do this to build uh and it was exactly that 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 building piece well um, and when you think about um i know you're a student of motivation and as am i and you think about what mcclellan said in the 70s that people are motivated by their desire for power achievement or affiliation and when we're working with kids and even when we're working with grownups who are in school world, affiliation matters. And, yeah. um, I, I feel like we lose, well, we just don't activate that really powerful leverage point to, to our advantage. So building team in a classroom or in a school to me is a superpower that's just sitting there waiting for people to pick up. Uh, uh, Mark, in, in reading the book, I found a spot where you talked about leadership foundation, and and you approached it through uh, through four questions. And, and I'm wondering if you'd walk us through those questions. Absolutely. So um, I do lots of cohorts of leaders, um, mostly across Georgia now. And when I do, the very first thing that I start everyone on is is who am I. And, and we go through a process of examining four pieces there, your experience, your exposure, your environment, and your values. I think it's critical for, for teachers, for leaders to first examine the who am I, because our behavior, um, the things that we choose to do, they come from something. Um, hopefully they come from following our school's uh, mission and, and our school and system improvement plans, hopefully that they are in conjunction with state and local laws and policies. But beyond that, the thousands and thousands of things you decide each day and how you behave. So where does that come from? I, I really insist that people that I work with, they become very familiar and regular and friendly with, um, with reflection that they're you know, you have to teach yourself these jobs, teaching, administration, coaching teachers, all of these jobs require that you, you, you've got to learn it on your own, quite honestly, by doing it. And to do so, it really helps you to focus on where, where that come from? What were my exposures? What were things that happened in my life that, that I'm very, I didn't like them when they were happening, but if they didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am now. So you focus on who am I, and then you focus on what is my job. And often, where do you get that from? You know, I mean, they give you a big job description that nobody can really <laughs> read. And, um, and, and you sort of find out what your job is when you don't do it because somebody's like, did you do this? And you're like, I didn't know I was supposed to, but I'm very happy to. And, um, and, and, and the thing that I really try to push with, with school admins are, you're previously you really could work ethic your way to being successful but now you have to influence your way to being mm -hmm. successful because we're wow. going to measure your worth on what other people do and, and i know to a to a degree we do that with classroom teachers but 
um, it certainly is is a deeper reliance on other people's work when when you become a leader. So, who am I? What is my job? And 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 I ask people to to think about what what will you fight for? There's a lot of things I believe, but what will I get in an argument about? Well, I got in way too many arguments, Steve, and that's why I'm an independent consultant now. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I. You 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 have to you can't fight all day long, but there have to be things that matter to you, and and the more that you can really know what they are, you can focus on on helping yourself be better equipped to fight those battles instead of just fighting everything. For example, I'm still today, but all of my life, I'm going to fight to make sure that kids are not obstructed from access to quality education and to challenging programs and. When your friend and mine, Jim Malinowski, when we started together building, he was our AP coordinator at Morgan County. And we didn't need one when I first got there because out of a thousand kids, we only had 30 in AP classes. When Jim moved into that role, we needed him because we had 491 out of a thousand in AP classes. And part of that is just philosophical on the part of the leader of it used to be very drawn out on how someone could get into an advanced class we made it simple like check this box and, <laughs> and, and to be very honest sometimes it didn't even require that i would <laughs> i would i would just place kids in advanced classes and they'd catch me in the hall and they would go doc how'd i get in this ap class and i would just shrug i would go i don't know computer computers what do you do and um and, and, and because that's something I was always willing to fight for. And and the thing about fighting is you have to have allies. You have to have a, an argument that's convincing and, and matters, but, but it is what I really encourage leaders. Um, who am I? Uh, what is my job? And, and, and what do I value enough to, to, to really do? And, and then how do I go about doing that? What, what do I do uh, to be strategic? It, it's not enough to be, passionate and we certainly want people to be passionate and not emotional emotional causes us problems because we're not doing things in a logical fashion but passionate wins the game for us we need people who care but we need people who care and reflect and strategize and that's a big part of what i'm trying to teach uh, leaders steve is um there's the specifics of your job but but where do you need to be spending your time if if it's true, and I think we all think it is, that as a leader, the work of others, the work of your teachers is what matters, then what percentage of your time should you be spending doing that? And yeah. and if and, and why not? Why are you not doing that? I'm hearing values affirmation and then alignment with those values. Yes. I've said before, Steve, that people should really refer to to their mission statements sometimes as as wishing statements because they wish that's what they believed but if steve yeah. barkley mark wilson anybody walks through your school is that what they're going to see is is it going to be is it going to be activated and um anybody can say they believe in anything but what do people do at, at a school i often ask teachers and students when i'm doing school visits Hey, based on the way you see things, what's the most important thing here? And that's such a, a window into 
what the school's true priorities are. Yep. Um, you stress the importance of communication and you labeled it as a four-part harmony. I, I, I love that, that connection. It's a four-part harmony uh, with the sender, the message, the method, and the receiver. Walk us through your, your picture there. Absolutely. So when we think about communication, and Steve, you know this, any school you and I go to anywhere, if we ask teachers, hey, what, what do you need to get better at here? One of the things they're going to, they're going to say discipline just because, and they're going to say communication. <laughs> and so you can try to affect that piece about communication, but if you do it by doing more communication, and I know people do like, I'm not going to let them say, we don't communicate here. I'm going to do more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you turn, I, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those water parks, Steve, where they have those great big huge buckets and buckets yeah. underneath them and, and <laughs> fills up and just douses everybody with water. Like that's what I, I tried that before. I'm like, <laughs> you are not going to get me on communication. And so we gave them all, well, you know what happened? Like none of it hit because yeah. that's not the answer. The answer isn't more, it's more effective. And that is by breaking it down into um, for you as the sender of this information, to whom is it intended? And you need to put it in the language of the learner. It needs to be not impressive to yourself or to others, but communication should activate um, the work and it needs to be done. I mean, look, this is differentiation. This is where you learn what that is, because when you're communicating to a faculty, it's not, they're not always going to hear it all the same way. Yeah. And and it's important to work on on your message, but also the means. That's the fourth piece of this. Um, I I think a lot of leaders, because time that that it all boils down to time, you know. And 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 they're like, well, I can communicate this via email, but what if that's not the right medium to to uh, tr to reach the people that you're hoping to do, uh, hoping to get to, and that's one thing that I really insist is um, with the leaders that I work with is use email minimally, spend as much time with people so that you can communicate. And, and what is it you're communicating? So much of it should be values. It, it's, you're never finished. It's like having shrubs in your front yard. Like you get them trimmed and you're like, done, feeling great. I'm going to go get some lemonade you come back the next week, they're growing out again. <laughs> this is what leadership is, is it's a constant manicuring of how people are responding to what you want them to do. And the place that is the most successful is where people truly understand the vision and the values of the organization. And they're committed to that. And that's always preceded by somebody who's a, who's a smart strategic communicator who knows these bigger things i can't i can't just rule from my office with email if i could do that i could stay at home and be in my pajamas all day but i i have to go and and provide clarity through through being with my people um i i, I think that's the bigger part of that four piece thing and some things you can send out via email but the finer points the 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 things, the adjustments that really make a difference, they've got to be done on the ground in the classroom with your people. 
it's that connectedness piece coming back one more time. Can't get away from it, you know? <laughs> hey, and isn't it the same thing? I mean, we could be having the same conversation and never mention leader and just talk about students and teachers, right? I yeah. mean, it's all yeah. the same, yeah. which is why I think that being a classroom teacher really does prepare you to be a principal. It doesn't necessarily prepare you to be an assistant principal because that's just a weird job, you know? Yeah. And and that assistant principal job doesn't prepare you to be the principal. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's 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 like it's like the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the last chapters in your book uh, deals with expectations. And uh, that's a word that I frequently bring back both to instructional coaches and leaders as, as well as to uh, to, to teachers. What are some of the issues that you see leaders should be thinking about related to uh, expectations and communicating expectations? So one thing I offer to to leaders when when I'm when I'm working with them is you have this unenviable task of simultaneously raising morale and expectations and. I started describing it, you know, this is a shimmy, like you're trying to get, um, you're working on a door, you're trying to hang a door frame. And I, I was throwing that out as my, as my example, Steve. And somebody said, you mean like putting on jeans you haven't worn in a long time? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that, because you can't pull up too hard on one side or the other. It's got to be doing both. And I, I've been places where you have to determine what your school needs most at that red hot moment. I have had principals that I've worked with and they've gone into a school where the, the faculty has been through it with their, their most recent leader and it's been hard and, and morale is low. The problem is if you only do morale, you're, you're like that hollow Easter bunny. You're, you're, yep. there's nothing inside. And, that's the that is the hard part for it. Same thing for classroom teachers. How do we build the morale while we raise the expectations? And to me, uh, I always direct people back to purpose. Um, if if people feel like they're doing something that matters, then they're interested. If people feel like they're doing something that doesn't matter, they're not. And one thing that I've seen across all the schools and systems that that I know is um and and people don't want to talk about it they want the pandemic to be a memory and they want to be normal and it's going to take years for all of that to iron out in my opinion because we lowered expectations in the spring of 2020 i don't know what else we would have done but i mean were we going to tell those kids none of you graduate from high school yeah. you have to come yeah. back well no and then something similar in 2021 and over time, we have we have have changed that expectation. It's really hard to ramp that up on a global um, macro level, um, and and I think that's what we're doing at schools now. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to say that that everywhere I go, because we start school at a ridiculously early time in the southeast of the U.S., and in doing so, you know, we've got a few weeks under our belts and. Things things feel better at our schools, but we still have a ways to go because to me, it's always been not only do we want 
to love kids, but we need to love them enough to think that they can do quality work, that they can be serious students doing quality work in a joyful manner. Like to me, like that's school. And it's exhausting when you're the adult because you got to put a lot of love, a lot of energy into both ends of that. But, but I do think the way to leverage it, if we get a lot of people who, who support each other, kid people, teacher people, it's easier. It's, it's hard when you're the only one doing this. It's a lot easier. You can't hear how badly I sing when I'm in a chorus, Steve. Uh, <laughs> if you're singing solo and you miss a note, everybody's yeah. going to hear that one. But if, if you're in a chorus, I, I might hit flat a couple of times, but nobody knows. It just, it all comes together and sounds good. And it, and it makes, it makes it easier. It makes it easier to sing. I, I, I'm hearing it lowers the risk. So, so Absolutely. With, so with the, with the risk lowered, you're, uh, you're, you're more likely to put more energy forth. That knowing Absolutely. my back's knowing my back's covered, uh, I'll take on that higher expectation. Uh, a student knowing I got the teacher's support, uh, I'll set that higher goal for myself. As, as a teacher, I have administrative support. I'll, uh, I'll 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 set that higher goal. Absolutely, and and you know what's required for learning. I know I know these two things are required to learn, and it's vulnerability and curiosity and school has a school has a bad way of promoting only right answers and yep. not wrong answers and the more look if everybody's getting it wrong around me i'm going to be more willing to experiment and i just yep. think schools need to be labs and not museums and um that's Great. what i try to sink my time into is just little by little, one by one, the administrators I work with trying to um, trying to infiltrate their brains from from what they may have seen previously in their career and get them to have the courage of build a place that values the struggle just as much as the triumph. Well, uh, I, I thank you so much for your time. And as, as we look to close out, I, I'm wondering if you've got some uh, final words of encouragement that you might offer up to uh, new leaders, uh, both encouragement for uh, the challenges they're experiencing, as well as the rewards they're experiencing in, in their new positions. So I had a really excellent um, group, like I said, the last couple of days, and I've got this AP Chris in my group. Um, shout out to Chris from Bryan County. Super smart, curious, it's, it's fun to teach when people are teachable and it's great to coach when they're coachable. Chris is very coachable. So he, among like all leaders, he's, he's like, you know, I, I just don't like not knowing what I'm doing. And, and I asked him, I said, uh, I said, so, so how long, have, how long did you teach? Cause this is his first month of being an AP. I said, how long you teach? And he said, 22 years. <laughs> so I pulled up my handy nanny calculator and I said, 190 days a year, right? And he said, yeah. I said, why are you comparing day 4,180 as a teacher with day 20 as an AP? I said, go back and compare day 20 as an AP to day 20 as a teacher. I said, how were you in your first year? He said, I was awful. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> like you got better, right? And that 
would be my final word of encouragement is, um, look, everybody around you, when you're in a leadership role, don't, don't try to pretend that, you know, things you don't, they, they know, they know you don't know, but because you haven't done this, but what they do, I think school people appreciate humility and honesty and people who are genuine. And I think, I think that'll carry you a long way until you, till you get to day 4,000 as a, as an administrator. And then, then, then you'll know so much more. So is it fair to say you can't learn to lead without leading? Yes, absolutely. You, you, you gotta, you gotta jump in. That's why there really isn't, I guess similar. I don't know that you can learn to teach without teaching. And, and Steve, I think so much of this is even though there are people like me and you and there people write books and people do evaluations and we have instructional coaches, but ultimately you have to have the wherewithal to teach you how to teach yourself how to do this yep. work. Which is just one more reflection back to the classroom with kids. Cause that's the Absolutely. ultimate, that's the ultimate role of the teacher to prepare yes. the kids to, to know, to know, to know how to learn. Yes. Well, I love the idea of learning the things that you didn't learn in the fancy leadership school. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, tell folks the uh, best way that they can connect and, uh, and follow you, Mark. Absolutely. So uh, the website is principal-matters.com. And we've got loads of free stuff there for you. Articles, videos, uh, our podcast, and um, you can find me and all of our material there. We'll be sure to post that in the lead into the podcast for you. Thanks, Thanks again, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.